verse 26 is where we will start. Tonight we're going to talk about Mary a little bit. Lord willing, we'll probably talk about Joseph Sunday morning. We'll see. It might change, but I think that's, that's what we're going to do. Kind of look at some of the different characters and different events leading up to the birth of Jesus. All right, let's pray. We'll jump in. Father God, we come to you, and we thank you for these good words. God, it's likely that we've probably read these words a lot of times in our life, but God, maybe there are some here tonight or some listening online tonight, God, and they have never heard this story. I pray whether we've heard it a thousand times or this is the first time that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and let us see the, the greatness of what is about to take place at the coming of your Son, Jesus. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, now that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. If you go back and you read uh, the passage before this, it talks about uh, Mary's relative Elizabeth becoming pregnant, and she would soon give birth to John. Uh, and in the sixth month of her pregnancy, we see this taking place, and and that's spelled out to us uh, clearly as we get toward the end of this passage, but that's the sixth month that's spoken of here. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, we're introduced to the main characters here, Joseph and Mary. And we have a couple of key pieces of information that we don't want to overlook. One that Joseph was of the house of David. Now, this is significant because the Messiah that was going to come, the king that was going to come, that was going to reign on the throne forever, was going to be from David. We see this prophesied about all the way back in the Old Testament. And here, this is a clue for us who is reading, okay? This child that is soon to come is coming from the house of David. We also see another critical clue here, and that was Mary was a virgin, the virgin Mary. She had never been married. She had never been intimate with a man. She had never had a child before, and this is significant to us in the story. Verse 28, and the angel came to her and said, rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Now, this is understandable. I mean, we may read through this story so many times, and it may just be natural to us. Okay, an angel appeared to Mary, and she heard what he had to say, but if you stop and think for a moment, everything really that we see in this story is pretty phenomenal. And you can imagine the shock and awe and disbelief and fear that must have come on all of these characters in this story, Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and, and all of these things that we see take place. I mean, they may seem kind of commonplace to us if we've read or heard this story a bunch of times, but you got to imagine. I mean, I suspect that for Mary, an angel had never appeared to her before. And I suspect that if we thought about it ourselves, I mean, what would we do if an angel appeared to us? Well, we would certainly be afraid because when we read through the Bible, that seems to be the general reaction of seeing an angel. Whatever appearance an angel has, whatever they come saying, whatever they look like, it is something that is fearful. And here this angel appeared to Mary and he said, rejoice, favored woman. And that's a beautiful thing to think about that 
that, that she was a favored woman. It's likely that Mary was a godly woman, that she was chosen uh, by God for this purpose. And the uh, angel says here to her, rejoice. And even though the angel come with good news here, uh, her reaction was that she was deeply troubled, wondering what this was all about. And if an angel of the Lord appears to you, man, what, what would go through our mind? Well, Mary was kind of thinking all kind of things, I'm sure. And then the angel told her in verse 30, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, we see that sometimes with angels. The angel appears. The reaction is, whoever the angel appears to, they become afraid. And the angel says, do not be afraid. Okay, this is a good day, Mary. God has sent me to you with good news about what is about to occur. So there is nothing to be afraid of because you have been favored by God. And the angel goes on. Verse 31. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Now, this is pretty crazy right here. I mean, you think about what's being said. You're about to give birth to, the, to a son, and you'll call his name Jesus, and he will be son of of the Most High. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible news for a young girl to receive. Now, Mary was probably pretty young. We we may think of, of, of our culture and girls nowadays may not get married until their 20s or 30s, but it's very likely that Mary would have been a, a teenage girl at this time and probably uh, pretty young. That would have been the cultural norm in those days. And you can imagine uh, what she must have been feeling. And the one that was going to come was going to sit on the throne of his father, David. And that's what we, we see this language uh, throughout the passage about David and throughout the New Testament and throughout the Old Testament. Uh, the writer here, Luke, is trying to make that connection for us to let the reader know, hey, that one that was spoken of of David in the Old Testament, this is the one. And the angel even says so. I mean, it's pointed out for us that Jesus is the fulfillment of the descendant of David that will sit on the throne forever. Verse 34. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not been intimate with a man? Now, Mary was obviously smart enough to know, okay, there's a process that has to take place. If I'm going to have a child, I've not been with any man, so how in the world is this going to be a possibility, which is a reasonable question to ask. You and I may ask a similar question if an angel come and said that to us, okay, if I'm supposed to give birth to this child, how in the world is this going to happen? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman who has never been with a man. And then the angel tells her something pretty crazy. He goes on to say in verse 35, the angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. And so this child is unique. This is not just a human child. This, in fact, is the Son of God conceived through the Holy Spirit. Now, how in the world did that take place? Well, I don't know. That's a mystery. I don't know how God carried that out, but God is God. He can carry it out in whichever way he saw fit to. 
And so even though Mary was unmarried, even though she had never been intimate with a man, it is God who uh, helped her to conceive through the Holy Spirit to have this child, Jesus. And, and if Mary was having some questions, wait a minute, this, this is impossible. The angel reminds her, hey, and don't forget about Elizabeth. She was pretty old. It really was impossible that she had a child. Yet what did God do? God gave your relative Elizabeth a child. So just know that as crazy as all this stuff that I'm telling you sounds, nothing is impossible for God. Now, we, we see that this whole interaction is pretty cut and dry. I mean, there's a little back and forth between Mary and the angel, but it seems that this interaction probably is recorded in full here. That is, there, there probably wasn't much discussion other than what is said here. The angel appears. He says, what's what? Mary says, hold on. You're going to have to explain this to me. And the angel says, hey, the Lord's going to take care of this. Nothing's impossible with him. And listen to what Mary's response is here in verse 38. I am the Lord's slave, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. What would our response be if an angel were to appear to us tonight and say, hey, God has chosen you to do something. God is going to work through you in some way. Now, it's not going to be to bring about the Savior of the world. That's already come with Mary through Jesus Christ. But, but what if there's something else that God calls you to and an angel appeared, you'd be afraid, and tells you something crazy that you're going to do, and you're going to say, how's that work? And the angel's going to say, nothing is impossible with God. What would be your first response? I'd probably hem and haul for a couple days. I'd probably say, am I crazy? Did I see an angel or am I imagining things? But it doesn't appear that, that Mary had that response at all. After hearing all of this, as crazy as it is for an angel to appear and say, hey, you've never been with a man, but through the Holy Spirit, you're about to have a child. Oh, and he's going to be the Savior of the world, by the way. And Mary says, okay, I'm the Lord's slave. Whatever, whatever the Lord says, may it be done as the Lord has said. Now, that's, that's an obedient heart. Man, wouldn't it be fantastic if our heart was so obedient? And maybe, maybe yours is, or maybe it's not. I mean, God has not called us to bring the Savior of the, of the world into, the, uh, into planet Earth, but there are other things that God calls us to that are probably take much less faith. But yet, how many times do we say, I don't know, God. I'm not the one for the job, God. But Mary gives us the proper example. Mary has the right attitude. As crazy as it sounded, the angel said, hey, look, nothing's impossible for God. And she says, let it be. Let it be. I am the Lord's servant. And that needs to be our response, that we need to say, okay, God, I'll read your word. Your Holy Spirit works through me in some ways. God, you may reveal things to me and call me to things that may seem impossible or bigger than anything I can do. But God, if you have put this on my heart, if you've led me to this, if you've put this opportunity in my path, God, I am your slave. I am your servant. And may it be done according to what you said. That needs to be our response. Whatever God puts before us, it may sometimes seem difficult. It may seem impossible. It may seem scary. It did for Mary, but she said, God, I'm yours. And that's what we need to do in our life. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for this word. What a great response we see from Mary. And maybe maybe we are not so eager to respond in such a way. Maybe we hem and haw and question and wonder and, and still doubt whether things are possible or not. But God, help us to be faithful to be your servant. And whatever opportunities you put in our path or things you may call us to, let us remember that 
As bad as things may look, as impossible as they may look, God, nothing is impossible for you. We thank you for this miracle in Jesus Christ that was announced to Mary here and would soon come to be. And I pray, God, that as we follow Jesus, that we too would be those who say, God, I am your slave. Let, let me be found faithful to do what you say. Let it be as you say, dear Lord. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.